Hey friend, welcome back to the Bible Tract Echoes radio broadcast. I'm Mike McCurry, your host. Appreciate your listenership today. We're going to dive into the Bible study in just a moment. We're talking about ingredients of a good Christian. I hope you want to be a good Christian as much as I do. Honestly, I hope you want to be a good Christian better than I do. We should all desire strongly to live more like Christ. We talked last week about the first ingredient, that is the willingness, the spirit of the amen, the spirit of agreement with what God tells us in his holy word. We also talked about the second ingredient, the altar, or the willingness to make adjustments based off of what God tells us, again, in his holy word. We read from the book of Genesis last, or I should say yesterday, we read about how Noah, in the Bible, when he got off the ark, he first built an altar. And that's what we're going to pick up today. Before we dive into the Bible study today, let me encourage you about one thing. I would love it if you would go to our website, BibleTracksInc.org, and order our brand new sample booklet. We are sending these out by the hundreds. We probably, I don't know if we average 40, 50 a week or something like that, and we'd love to send some to you as well. This sample booklet, it includes a few gospel tracks. Maybe in the coming weeks, we'll go back through the sample booklet and tell you what it's all about, but you can get it for yourself for free. Go to BibleTracksInc.org. We'd love to send you some of these. Actually, you really only need one, unless you have some friends. If you have a pastor friend, if you have someone else that might use gospel tracks, we'll send you more than one. That's not a problem. But if you would, BibleTracksInc.org. Order your free sample booklet from our website, BibleTracksInc.org today. Now, we're going to jump back into the scriptures. Let's see here. We're going to look at the book of Leviticus, chapter 5 and verse 7, in just a moment. We mentioned yesterday that the altar is a place to start. If we're going to make adjustments, we need to start at the altar. Self-help books, oh, they may be good. They may be good for some momentary uh, motivation. Uh, Your friends, oh, faithful friends, oh, my, my goodness, I'm thankful for them. But can I tell you, after God speaks to you from the Bible, we would be wise to, even in the altar of our heart, be willing to make adjustments as the Lord speaks to us. We talked about the altar being a place to start, but we continue by saying the altar is a place of sacrifice. The altar requires, actually, sacrifice. You've got to bring something to the altar. Even the poor among Israel, though the Bible was very kind and God's commandments were kind in that the poor among Israel wouldn't have to bring as hefty of an offering, they still had to bring something. Look at Leviticus chapter 5 verse 7. And if he be not able to bring a lamb, meaning if a person, if a family is too poor, they don't have the funds, the abilities to bring a lamb, Then he shall bring for his trespass, for his sin, which he hath committed, two turtle doves, or two young pigeons unto the Lord, one for a sin offering and the other for a burnt offering. The sacrifice, I don't know what it is in your life, but the sacrifice might be repentance. Sacrifice always costs you something, doesn't it? 
the book of Psalms, chapter 51, verse 16 and 17, for thou desirest not sacrifice. Realize this psalm written by King David after an egregious heir. For thou desirest not sacrifice, he says, else would I give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. I can speak for myself. I I don't know if I'm speaking for you or not, but there are times in my life that we offer lip service. We tell God, oh, I'm so very sorry for what I did, but we don't bring a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. We can say things with our mouth that we don't mean on the inside. And we come to the altar, the place of adjustment, and we offer weak or lacking offerings. And we just say what we know should be said. I remember as a child, my parents asking me after I said, I'm sorry for doing something wrong. I know, yes, Micah McCurry as a little boy, I did many things wrong. Countless things, I'm sure. Was I sorry? My parents asked me that I was wrong. Or was I sorry that I got caught? The same could be said for Christians. Oftentimes we feel the prick of our conscience, of the Holy Spirit working in our heart. And we tell God, I'm so very sorry. But do we mean it? Or do we just want the fellowship to be restored? And do we just want to put a piece of gauze over that fellowship and mend the fences, but without really going down deep and making a sacrifice? We try to give up tokens and admit wrongdoing. And we think just the admitting of the problem will fix the problem. And we don't bring a broken and a contrite heart. Friend, if you aren't broken, Micah, me, if I'm not broken, God might have to break me. If you aren't broken, God, he may be forced to break you. Regardless, the altar always costs something. We're talking about ingredients of a good Christian, a spirit of agreement, a willingness to make adjustment. The altar, it's a place to start. It's a place of sacrifice. But continue on. The altar is sanctified. It's set apart. The book of Exodus, chapter number 29, verse 37, the Bible says this, Seven days thou shalt make an atonement for the altar and sanctify it, and it shall be an altar most holy. Whatsoever toucheth the altar shall be holy. Think about this. There aren't many things in the Bible you can touch and be holy. What are you talking about? Well, there are all sorts of things in the Bible that we're given prescriptions against where if you touch them, it makes you defiled or unholy. I think of Samson. He had a Nazarite vow from his youth. And what did he do? He saw he had killed a lion on his, on his way somewhere. And as he came back by, he saw the carcass of the lion. And some bees had built a honeycomb in the, in the crevice, the, 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 uh, the crevice of that lion in that carcass, and he took some of that honey, and it tasted so good. But remember, Samson wasn't supposed to touch that which was dead because it would defile him. He had taken a special vow. How about this, Christian? Do you realize the altar, figuratively speaking, is one of the few places you can touch and be holy? The Bible tells us, Whatsoever toucheth the altar shall be holy. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 21. But the people took of the spoil, 
sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. Now pause here for just a moment. You may recall that this is an egregious error. It wasn't by King David this time. It was by King Saul. He made a mistake, a massive mistake. He took some things that he was supposed to utterly destroy, and he tried to offer them on the altar Realize this, you don't get to put up your personal altars and give whatever you deem worthy and call it holy. We try to work in our own personal way. We try to set up our own rules and standards and call them holy when really they're nothing more than the traditions of men. What did Saul do? He took that which was unholy, put up his own altars, and tried to call that which was offered on the altar, he tried to call it holy. Genesis chapter 4 and verse 3, you probably know this story, a man named Cain and his brother Abel. Genesis 4, 3, And in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. Was his offering acceptable? No, we know it wasn't. Genesis 4, verse 5, But unto Cain and to his offering he had not respect. God didn't respect his offering because it wasn't what God had commanded, what he had requested. And Cain was very wroth. He was angry, and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth? And why is thy countenance fallen? For if thou doest well, shalt thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door, and unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. Realize this, you don't get to take your own altars and set them up and offer things on them and call it righteous. But you also don't get to come to God's altar and offer willy-nilly whatever it is you think is acceptable to God. No, God very clearly tells us what he's looking for when he's looking for a spirit of adjustment, a willingness to offer on the altar. We're talking about ingredients of a good Christian. We'll bring one more thought about the altar today, and we'll continue tomorrow. The altar is not a sacrament. What, am I, what do I mean by that? Look at the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse number 7. Luke 1, 7. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they were now well stricken. They both were now well stricken in years. This is talking about Zacharias and Elizabeth. And it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Now, pause here for just a moment. Allow me to flesh this out just a bit. Using the altar is not just a ritual we do just because we do it. This place of adjustment, this willingness to change our minds and to offer things to God in a special way, this is a place we meet with God. There is nothing less ritualistic than meeting a holy God on his terms. We are constantly, or should be, constantly making adjustments to what he wants. Now, Zacharias here in the Bible, his job, it was just a, something he did. He went and he offered incense in the temple. But can I tell you when the amazing miracle of John the Baptist came to be a part of Elizabeth and Zacharias' life, 
realize this, friend, that that wasn't a result of the ritualistic job that he had. No, friend, it was a miracle of God. God met with them and gave her a child. Zechariah, though, realized this. He was just going about his custom, his ritual, his habit, his tradition. But in the process of that, God met him right where he was doing exactly what he was supposed to be doing. We're going to make application of this tomorrow. Let me just give you one quick shot across the bow. Do you know what some of the sweetest services of your church will be? Quite possibly, they'll be the ones that you miss because you're not where you are supposed to be doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's when God might decide, I wanted to meet with you, but you weren't there. We'll talk more about this tomorrow. Have a great day for His glory. Thank you so much for listening. Join us tomorrow. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Track Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracks Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 604 a faster way to contact us is to go to our website at bibletracksinc.org. That's bibletracksinc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.